0: Bonjour, bienvenue à Mapping Paris, a podcast that takes you around the city of Paris and all its different sites. Each episode is by a different student and will give you an insight onto a new place and how they approached it. From the Rosa Parks mural to the Hazard Ludique, you will discover a new way of encountering Paris. Welcome to Mapping Paris. My name is Lauren and... On this episode, I'm looking at one of France's most famous events, the Tour de France. The Tour de France is an annual men's sporting event. Each year, riders compete on a 21-stage race held over 23 days. It has been described as the world's most prestigious and most difficult bicycle race. Stories of the first riders cheating by taking trains and pictures of competitors sharing cigarettes as they roll through the countryside contribute to how the Tour de France is now one of the most recognizable and iconic sporting events in the world. Over the 20th century, the Tour has become inscribed in the collective memory as a national institution and images and ideas of the tour form a common-sense spatial matrix, interweaving connotative landscapes, objects, and people with an innate sense of France. To understand the reciprocity that exists between an idea of the nation and the Tour de France, we should first consider the socio-economic conditions at the time of its conception. 1903 represented a period of socio-economic turbulence in France's history, with a still young Third Republic struggling to unite a country torn apart by war, industrialization, and poverty, organisers of the tour exploited a deficiency in national identity to offer a new vision of unity for the French people. The Third Republic still consisted widely of economic and social elites staunchly opposed to the democratic ideals, so progress towards a functioning democracy was anything but smooth. The need to gain the support of the working class population, however, was necessary to the success of the Republic due to the introduction of the universal right to vote for men. The Republic did gradually achieve this, evidenced by its becoming the first stable electoral democracy in Western Europe and eventually the longest-running system of government in French history. This was achieved in part by the gradual subversion of bourgeois resistance within government by small organisations in order to garner the support of the vast French populace. So the sheer volume of the new voters was gradually mobilised to overshadow the governing elite that had traditionally held all the power. The Tour de France itself can be seen as one of the modes through which the Republic garnered support from the general public. It was originally a commercial scheme set up by L'Auto, a cycling journal, in order to sell more newspapers. But the tour was able to provide a symbolic working-class hero, a figure of impressive physical strength, socio-economic success, and the epitome of Frenchness. In this sense, the political associations of L'Auto are significant. Created in response to the Dreyfus sympathies held by a rival newspaper, Lavello, Lauto expressed strong alliance with the republic surrounding the scandal, which polarised society at the time. This perhaps leads to a more definitive link between Lauto and the propagation of republican ideals. The key form republican support took was in the propagation of national unity through the Tour de France. The annexation of the Alsace and Lorraine regions following the Franco-Prussian War left the nation mutilated. The Republic channelled this loss into forming a geographical identity that was ideologically crucial. The recovery of the regions became synonymous with national unity. The front page of L'Auto on the 1st of July 1903 shows an itinerary that included six stages, encompassing almost the entire periphery of France. Later, the race would incorporate the conflicted territories, yet even in 1903, Media coverage of the race is characterised by militant hyperbole, a war of endurance in which physical territory must be conquered. Lauto was forming an image of the ordinary working man on his bike, conquering the lost territories to reunite the fractured nation. This was the fractured environment into which the tour first made its entrance and began to weave a new vision of the French nation. The visual imagery that today has become emblematic of both the Tour and France should be perceived as mutually constituting, as the early Tour itineraries deliberately included sites of monumental significance, so that spaces became known through the capacity of images and symbols and sports to construct them. So as riders climbed through Alpine passes or sunflower-drenched valleys or the Grand boulevards of Paris, organizers were interweaving the event into a popular imagination of France, changing the framework through which to conceive of the nation. The now iconic monuments of the route are emblems. Mount Vonto is a god of evil, while Paris has become la mère Petrie, to which her sons must ride home. Elements and terrain are personified to convey them as worthy adversaries of the divider's strength and endurance. Over the last century, a constant reinforcement of these symbols has formed an imagined geography and culture of France. It is helpful to consider the permeation of the French nation via the tour through the lens of banal nationalism which upholds that the nation is reproduced through a network of beliefs, assumptions, habits, representations and practices. The route of the tour expands the subjective experience to perpetuate the symbol of a unified France with a rich history and iconic landscape legitimizing the French state and identity. In 1903, this narrative made a profound impression on Lato's readership, the wider societal implications of which are still evident today. As a product of the early 20th century, the tour expresses the appetite within the French people for a symbol of unity. The fractured state of the nation left tensions high and the Third Republic would have been very aware of the revolutionary potential of the population. The Party Radical and the Socialist Party were formed in 1901 and 1905 respectively, reflecting the sentiments of a dissatisfied working class. This would later manifest in the formation of the Communist Party, yet an awareness of this unrest is present in Laoto, as working men represented a key demographic. The recurring symbol of the street in the tradition of Parisian revolution is paralleled in Laoto's image of the road. Terms like power, energy, speed, adventure, liberation were big new words just before and after 1900 and may have appealed to the revolutionary spirit of the disenfranchised lower classes. The bicycle was generally considered the transport of working men. Therefore, the notion that the entire country could be reached by pedal power alone was liberating. In anticipation of the first tour, Lato painted a picturesque vision in their reader's imagination. The front page on the 27th of June 1903 depicted a villager just as the sun turns red and disappears on the horizon, draws his pipe, and an instinctive bliss rests from having worked the land since dawn. This idyllic sketch is a nostalgic response to modernization, indicative of the fear felt towards the rate of urban migration, the French peasant, as a symbol of authentic national identity, experienced a revival during the early 20th century. The passage continues as white demons soar past at top speed, as in a light flight, so much so that their bicycles, pushed by the rapid pace of their legs, hardly seem to brush against the road. The bicycle within the rural scene interweaves fear of new technology into the pastoral narrative the relatively innovative machines had received a mixed reception, early users being dubbed irresponsible menaces, evoking the discord between technological development and tradition between urban and rural that France was confronted with at this time. Increased transport links contributed to a rural exodus, creating interactions with compatriots from far-off regions. Often, people didn't even share a language, and the only common ground was a somewhat detached notion of nationality. L'Alto's harmonious interweaving of these two narratives parallels the Third Republic's vision of a balanced society, in which the regional population remained steady, incorporating modern agricultural methods, while still respecting national traditions. The term Tour de France would have held particular significance in the collective consciousness of 1903. For craftsmen, the phrase applied to itinerant apprenticeships undertaken throughout the regional areas of France to further training in different aspects of their craft. Indeed, 52.8% of riders competing in the tour between 1903 to 1939 were manual labourers, whilst the majority of others were cycle merchants, manufacturers or workshop owners. Therefore, this reference was not lost on readers. The competition, like the training, represented a journey of information, a completing of knowledge of one's craft, not a trip taken for pleasure. These connotations would have applied to the tour, a journey around the nation through which to better one's craft through perseverance. This evokes Ruskin's exploration of artistry within the working man and the sense that only through labour can thought be fully realised, elevating the working man to the level of the intellectual. In a society recently bereaved of origin mythologies created around monarchy and religion, the figure of the intellectual gained new significance in the republican identity. The scope the tour offered to achieve this status provided another example of the republican supportive state. The foundations of the tour are so firmly ingrained that even in the modern-day commercialised context, the same preoccupations resurface. Just as in the tour of 1903, Riders are idolized for their superhuman strength and the possibility for the spectator to find inspiration in their quest. Yet, as a sport, cycling presents the interdependence of human and non-human hybrids, so man and bike. This understanding has new meaning when applied to the controversial issue of doping in the sport – Since its second year, cheating has been a part of the tour, and the images of riders as superhuman seems to lend itself to the enhanced performances. Roland Barthes drew on these performances in his essay, the Tour de France's epic, as a way of cheating the gods, completing the rider's ascendance to superhuman status. Yet, in the modern world, doping is condemned by the sporting community. This lays tribute to the image Laute carved of the riders. They are not superhuman, but working men transformed into national hero. The Tour de France established a symbol of unity at a time when it was severely lacking. During the weeks of the tour, the nation was in perpetual motion with riders, traversing the country as the racer plunges, crosses, flies. A state of immersion continued long after the tour was over, expanding the subjective experience of what it means to be French. The tour is an institution that has become so legitimate that it seems to be ageless, a spectacle with forgotten origins, to such an extent that today an understanding of the tour is informed by a knowledge of France, the origin of the two concepts so deeply intertwined that it is impossible to distinguish one from another. Thank you for tuning in to Mapping Paris, and we'll see you in two weeks for a new episode. Au revoir!